Welcome everybody to Mom Street USA. My name is Kate, aka Disney Cicerone, and with me as always is my lovely co-host, Jackie, aka Wishes Mama. And tonight we get to talk about, uh, we're continuing our series on one day park strategies in the Disney park. So if you only have one day in each park, what, how do you do that? What do you prioritize? And we're doing it with Genie Plus and without Genie Plus. So depending on your budget and what you'd like to spend, we give you some options on how to move through your day in the most efficient manner. Um, so tonight we're going to talk about, um, this is our last episode in this series, and we're going to talk about Hollywood Studios and Disney's Animal Kingdom. So where are we headed first, Jackie? I think we're going to tackle Hollywood Studios, which in my opinion <laughs> is... <laughs> One of the hardest parks, if not the hardest park of all six that we're talking about, because we did start over on the West Coast and now we're on East Coast. Um, but I think this one may be the hardest one to navigate, yeah, both on both sure. with Genie Plus and without. So I'm hoping that we can uh, give you some insight and some things to think about on a trip, maybe that you're planning or, you know, in the future. So. I think, yeah, we're, we'll start with studios and then end at Animal Kingdom. And Animal Kingdom is just so, so such a relaxing way to end this series. It's going to be a walk in the park, <laughs> forgive the pun, but it'll be so much easier than all the other ones we've done. Yes. Just as a reminder of what where we've been already, we did an episode that was on Disneyland and Disney's California Adventure. We did another episode on Magic Kingdom and Epcot, and now we're finishing this series with these last two U.S. parks. Uh, so if you missed any of those other ones, we do podcast Mom Street USA. Um, you can listen to that on the podcast, or it's also up at YouTube, Mom Street USA. So we'd uh, make sure you go back and check those out, especially if you're headed to Disney World and you need that Magic Kingdom and Epcot uh, episode. Yes, so. absolutely. Absolutely. Okay, so let's talk about Hollywood Studios. Um, the very first thing that I always want to stress to people about Hollywood Studios, for all of the parks this is the one that getting there as early as you can is actually really 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 helpful because they tend to for whatever reason open the park earlier than even the early entry time just randomly Some, sometimes <laughs> up to a half hour earlier than the posted time i've i've seen and experienced and heard of other people experiencing it's it's completely random you don't know if it's going to happen you can hope that it's going to happen but i would say to get there probably an hour earlier than your entry posted time if you're able to to put yourself in the best case scenario situation to be able to get the most out of your day especially because you're only doing one day there's a yeah. lot of big e-ticket rides <laughs> We have um, our good friend tour guide Barbie is in the chat and she's saying 7 a.m. always for Hollywood Studios is the way to yes. go. Yes. yes. So you just you just got to do it. Um, and we've we've talked in previous episodes about alternating your days so that you don't have a bunch of super early or super late days back to back to back. So definitely planning out what makes sense park to park and which days you're going where has a lot to do with that. So I would not suggest going to Hollywood Studios after being out until, you know, 11 or midnight at a park the night before. <laughs> Definitely want to take that into consideration as well. Um, and Blake is asking a good question on my side. He said, what time do buses start running from the resorts? What Disney technically says is they run about an hour before park open. 
it can be yeah. more. Yeah. You know, it it's, it really depends and if it's an hour, super busy, an hour it's before be different. when the resort guests can get yes. in too. So not necessarily yes. the park opening time, but the extra, the extra magic hours, early magic hours. I can't know. Early morning magic? Morning hours. They, I know they keep changing it. <laughs> I don't know. The extra time you get in the morning, <laughs> that half hour. Like a do an hour before that is technically when they start running. I've seen them r start running a little bit before that. Mm -hmm. And there usually is kind of a rush around that time too. So just keep that in mind. You might yes. have to wait uh, for one or two buses depending on your resort and how yes. many buses they have running. Yes, exactly. Um, so again, I would highly suggest arriving early to give yourself time for security and be ready for that early, early entry because this is really the only park that doesn't let you tap in ahead of time from my experience they may have shifted that but epcot will let you tap in and then they will hold you right kind of at spaceship earth magic kingdom we know lets you tap in uh, when we get to animal kingdom they let you tap in early and just they queue you up kind of in that it right air, plaza area so this is the only park that i feel like is a true like rope drop situation where you can't tap in until time and that I think has something to do with they don't want people congregating out there. They are trying to keep the crowds moving and that may determine whether or not they open that extra early, early time. Again, it, it varies from day to day and you may, you may have that happen, you may not, but putting yourself in the best circumstances to allow for that extra time can be really, really helpful. I have a question. Um, from Chris saying, how early should we get there for doing a Universal Studios trip with a single day ticket to Hollywood Studios? I'm guessing, Chris, you're asking how long, how much time you should take to get from from Universal area over. You can maybe clarify that for us. Yeah, but, yeah. That's how that's how I interpret it as well. But as I, I honestly have not stayed at Universal and then gone to Disney, either. so I don't know. <laughs> That's a big I haven't question. either. Uh, and I, I mean, I know what like the map tells you as far as drive time, but traffic can be somewhat unpredictable depending. Okay. It says yes. And without having extra magic hours. So if the question is what time you should arrive without extra magic hours, we would say. <sighs> I, I would say still 45 minutes to an hour ahead of time just because yeah. they uh, because of the way that they queue you up outside. Uh, and I believe it's about 30 minutes of travel travel time, like via car from the Universal Resort area to Hollywood Studios. Yeah, and Tour Guide Barbie is confirming, allow 30 minutes to travel to Universal. Thank you, Barbie. Uh, so it just really depends. And the other thing about Hollywood Studios is they do have some pretty significant fluctuations in their opening time. Some days it's 8 a.m., some days it's 8.30, 9, 9.30, so you always want to double check that as well. It fluctuates yeah. a lot more often than the other parks do from what I have seen. They have changed it like the night before too, and really? we've been surprised by it. Yeah, like that happened to, I think, when Kirk and I were meeting up one morning and like Lem got there like an hour before we did and we're like, wait a minute, why are you here so early? And he's like, well, if the park's like opening at this time, we're like, oh my goodness, oh, like, no. it changed. Like both of us had checked it and it still changed. So check it oh before gosh. you go to bed, just double check that they haven't just bumped the time out because they'll do that sometimes if they're expecting a larger crowd, they'll expand the hours of the resort. So just because it says it, you know, 10 days before your trip, it's not set in stone, it can definitely change. So just double check just to be sure. Yes.
Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, okay. So let's talk about using Genie Plus at Hollywood Studios. This is a bear and I'm yeah. going to give you the best advice I possibly can. And uh, we can all hope for the best. So Hollywood Studios is the hardest part to manipulate using Genie Plus because there are so many big ticket attractions at this park that makes it really, really hard. Uh, two devices are, are almost necessary in the morning if you are booking both individual lightning lanes and regular lightning lanes. And I'll talk about that in just a moment. Uh, your individual lightning lane option at Hollywood Studios is Rise of the Resistance. It will typically run you 20 to $25 per person. So it is one of the more expensive options for individual lightning lanes. So take that into consideration when you are debating about that. The other thing, and I listed this later on, but I'm just going to touch on it now. Rise of the resistance is very fickle, so, so to speak. Some mornings it will open right on time. It will be good to go. You can rope drop it, get in line, get in and out, get done. Perfect. Move on with your day. The majority of the mornings sometime within at least the first hour of the park being open it will go down there's or too many it won't moving. open up right exactly <laughs> it'll yes, just or take it'll a while to start up. or whatever it may be it's, it's tired in the morning guys <laughs> just needs a, a little it needs a little caffeine it needs a little time it needs a little like just needs to wake up a little. I mean, Insane. sometimes when it does get up, it's like a false start. It needs to go lay that back down. So it just... Like, nope, nope, not ready. Wrong <laughs> like side I'm, of the I'm bed. Not... Roll back over. <laughs> That's how you have to think about Rise every time. Disneyland yes. and Disney World, same thing. <laughs> yes. So just really consider whether or not you want to risk that. Yeah. It's like uh, Radiator Springs Racers is that same way mm -hmm. too. Like sometimes there's so many mis moving pieces in there, like one thing not working. It. It's computers not and moving pieces and different, you know, if you've been on Rise of the Resistance, spoiler free, I won't give anything away if you haven't, but there's just multiple rooms you have to go through before you get to the final attraction that you load. And so all of those moving pieces, it's a lot to coordinate and it doesn't always coordinate well. So <laughs> keep that in mind. Uh, do keep in mind though, if you have an individual lightning lane and the ride goes down, it will give you a pass to be able to return to the ride at any point in time throughout the rest of the day. If for some reason your individual lightning lane time is like the, towards the end of the night, let's say you have a seven to eight o'clock time on your individual lightning lane, rise goes down at 630 and never comes back up again, go see guest services. So that way they can refund you. Um, a lot of the times it happens automatically, but I always suggest going to guest services to just be like, hey, this happened and they'll have you fill out a thing and you'll get that refund. So do keep that in mind, especially with Rise of the Resistance. A lot of the other individual lightning lanes are not quite as finicky with that, but Rise of the Resistance does tend to have that happen more often than the others. And can I just put a little <clears throat> note? I know this is this. I'm going to talk Disneyland for just a second because I was just there, but I don't think we I'm not sure we ever touched on this. The fact that Disneyland and Disney World have a different policy for how they handle individual lighting lanes, which is what I found out. So oh. the you can't select a time to return for individual lightning lanes at Disneyland. Really? So, mm -mm. No, I've found that out so it's like I went to go try it I'm like it only lets me pick the next available for individual lightning lanes and lightning lanes too but yeah so you can't choose your return time mm -mm. I so, had no idea 
Yeah. So if you're going to Disneyland, don't expect that you can schedule your lightning lane at a specific individual lightning lane at a specific time like you can in Disney World because they don't act the same way. And I asked guest services because I was like, this has to be like a glitch in my app or something, right? Because I'm so used to Disney World system. And they, they said, no, we hope to get that feature sometime, but we don't. Wow. Um, I am like mind blown. I'm shocked. <laughs> I had no idea that that was different. I mean, granted, I haven't been, I've never booked an individual lightning lane through the Disneyland app for myself or anyone else that I'm assisting. That is crazy. Yeah. So now you know. So here we are. (laughs) Yeah. Barbie just said, yes, I just learned that I couldn't buy um, Radiator Springs Racers because I was in Disneyland and it wasn't late enough. And then an hour later, it sold out. Mm Wow. Wow. Yeah, it's well, a that's bummer. kind of okay. Yep. It's silly that's when you a... pay that much money, but it is what yeah. it is. You know, it's like it's I yeah. I bet they'll change that eventually to be more like Disney World if I had to guess. Because if you're going to mm-hmm. pay for this really like elite line passing service that's really expensive, you should really just get to choose what time you come back. <laughs> right? Oh my goodness. So, okay. Well. Anyway. Good to know. Just thought I would. Good to know. Yeah, we should that. we should maybe put some content out about that because I feel like yeah, that is yeah. a. That is something people need to know. Okay. Definitely. For sure. Bookmark that. Yes. (laughs) Okay. Let's hop back over to the East Coast. Let's talk about Genie Plus, Hollywood Studios. So 7 a.m., two things that you're going to book. If you want to book an individual lightning lane for Rise of the Resistance, book that at 7 a.m. I will mention this is the most difficult individual lightning lane to book at 7 a.m. because the times fly. They move so fast. My suggestion is really think about what time you want based on where you're going to be and where that that lies on your list after we talk about all of this. And I would not, I would recommend selecting a return time when you book at seven, selecting a return time that is like 10 a.m. or after, because there's a less likely chance that it's going to, that time is going to disappear and sell out because what will happen, and those of you who have experienced this know exactly what I'm talking about, you'll go to select like a 9 a.m. or a 9.30, go through the first couple pages and then it'll say like, sorry, this time is no longer available. And it literally kicks you all the way out of the system and you have to enter back and start from square one. So frustrating. Yeah. Very frustrating. So <laughs> if you're okay and you're flexible and your plan works to have a later time, I would recommend that just so you're not having that frustration in the morning of trying to book that. If you really need an early time, you just got to be ready and you got to click it and know what you're doing and go as quickly as you possibly can. So one way or the other. <laughs> and now I will say Rise typically doesn't sell out immediately but those early morning times will be gone almost immediately. Yeah. So it's not like you run the risk of not getting a time at all. If that happens, you just may not get the time that you want, or you may be stuck with a later time in the afternoon that you, you know, so it's not going to sell out completely. I don't know that anymore. I've ever seen it sell out even within the first hour or two after it becomes live. Typically at park open, there are still a few times left for that individual lightning lane. Yeah. Um, I hope saying someone needs to make a simulator app so we can practice. <laughs> and I was thinking, I was like, can you practice? I'm like, no, I think can you could probably practice from home the process of trying to get an individual lightning lane without actually physically purchasing it, right? It's just Genie Plus you have to purchase in order to yes. like, go through it. Yes. 
So you could potentially. Yeah, kind of you can play with it. do like the anything. first step. But it's, like, yeah, but like after the first or second step, it's not like you're without paying yeah, for it. Yeah, because you need a ticket. You. Yeah, mm -hmm. that's true. Yeah. So, but so. you can also like, um, you do a Google search for individual lightning lanes. Lots of people mm -hmm. have done screenshots of what it looks like and move through that. Yeah. So. And I have some videos on my personal TikTok, my Wishes Mama TikTok, that I did a live um, talking about Genie Plus and how to manipulate different things and answered questions and stuff like that couple months back and then I took that live and posted videos on it on my TikTok. So if you scroll down on my page, there's a bunch of Genie Plus content and our friend Tour Guide Barbie, who has been in both sides of our chat tonight, has a ton of Genie Plus content on her page as well. So if you're looking for more that those can be two resources for you as well. Um, okay, so that's individual lightning lane. Now your regular lightning lane for Genie Plus uh, the first one that you're going to want to book is Slinky Dog, and that is almost non-negotiable. Like, if you want to ride Slinky Dog, that pretty much has to be the first one that you book yeah. uh, because yeah. it will sell out, and it will sell out within the first, sometimes within the first two, three minutes. Yeah, I was going to say minutes. It being, yeah, of it being available. Um, occasionally, you may have a little bit more time, but that's why those two devices are so important. And we joked and talked about, you know, setting up your command center for your 7 a.m., <laughs> but you really have to. Um, yeah. And Hollywood Studios is one of the hardest. You've just got to be quick, and you've got to really know exactly what you're doing. Um, and whatever time on Slinky Dog comes up first, book it. Just, yeah, Even don't hesitate. Not, just do yeah, it. You, can, you <laughs> cannot hesitate. Just book it and then go back in and immediately try to modify it and see if you get lucky and if times will pop up. Um, I have had it happen before with other rides and other attractions where I booked it right away. It was like a noon time and I was like, oh, that's so late. I don't want to wait that long. And I went immediately right back in and started modifying and click clacking and all of that. And within about 20 minutes, I was able to get like a 9 a.m. time. Yeah. So it doesn't happen every time but the chances are good you're at least going to get somewhat something a little bit earlier than what you have but the rule is always book it first and then you can go modify it so that even if you can't find something to modify it to you have something booked because otherwise you might not get slinky dog and you'd be waiting in that line so although Erin says hear me out get in line for slinky a couple minutes before park close i mean you can do that strategy and that might be part of what's coming up here um, as, as we move through this. But mm -hmm. um, if you want to get that lightning lane, uh, make sure that you're just getting, just go for it first, first thing yeah. in the day. Yes. And, uh, yeah. Absolutely. Um, so that's my suggestion for 7 a.m. That's what you're going to want to do. Uh, when it first comes to that. And again, if you don't want to buy Rise of the Resistance and you're not interested in doing that, then don't buy it and just book your, your Genie Plus in the morning. Um, so rope drop. There are so many different little areas in Hollywood Studios that rope drop becomes fairly difficult. So my biggest suggestion is always just to head to the area of the park that is the most of the most interest to you. If you want to do the Toy Story stuff, if you want to do Galaxy's Edge and Star Wars, if you want to do, you know, if Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway is your thing or Sunset Boulevard, if you're going to Rock and Roller Coaster and Tower of Terror. So one of those four areas is where you're going to want to rope drop. Again, keeping in mind that Rise of the Resistance is not a guarantee. I, I really don't suggest rope dropping it unless you're willing to risk that because you're, maybe your list is shorter or you know that you 
that's like your top ride and you want to make sure that you get on it or you want to try to do it twice if you bought an individual lightning lane and you want to try to rope drop it too well and, and that go line for it can, but that line can be really long in the mornings too so you're facing losing all that you got up early you know and you're losing all that early time standing in one line mm-hmm. unless rise is like the only thing you want to do in the day just like if you're getting an individual lightning lane i would say don't bother go do some other stuff but i yes. i would not waste those golden morning hours in a rise of resistance line Nope. Unless I absolutely had to. <laughs> yeah, I would not either. I completely agree with you. But I do know people that are like, nope, it's worth it. It's my favorite ride. Or nope, you know, Star Wars is my thing. Like, okay, yeah, more power do. to you. Just understand the sacrifice that you're making by going that way with rope drop. So I'll just put that out there. Um, so basically, whatever area, like I said, that you have the most interest in is where you're going to want to go. Again, Slinky Dog is pretty much non-negotiable for your first ride. That time and your return time may determine where you end up. Um, If you get an early morning time, you may just go to Toy Story first. Go to Slinky Dog and try to do it twice. Go to Toy Story Mania, hit Mickey Minigunway Railway on your way there. You know, there's lots of different options depending on that. Um, If you ended up with a later time and you weren't able to modify it earlier, then save Toy Story and maybe go down and do Sunset Boulevard and do Rock and Roller Coaster and Tower of Terror. You know, so there's lots of different variations on which direction you can go. And it's really hard to like pinpoint. I feel like the other parks we can pretty much pinpoint. No, you should do this. You should do that. You should do that. This park is it, it, it all branches off. So it's kind of hard to determine. It really depends, too, on your who you're traveling with, what their interests are. You know, like if you are with a whole bunch of small children, you might not want to go unless they love star wars which is possibility but like you might lean more towards toy story land than any and mickey and many than uh any of the other ones you're probably not going to head to tower of terror and uh, rock and roller coaster because they won't be able to go on it you know or won't want to go on it either way you know but if you're traveling with teenagers or a mixed crowd that might be where you want to go first because those are more of the thrill rides down there you know and it really just it depends on your party mix and everybody's interest so it's almost impossible to yes. predict which yes. way you should go <laughs> right well and like even with my family so my kids are four and six and it wasn't until this last trip and they've been three or four times it wasn't until this last trip that we even made it down to tower of terror we yeah. didn't even go down that <laughs> whole don't bother Listen, no and because <laughs> but fantastic wasn't open yet Oh yeah, there you go. <laughs> and I think we did go down there maybe to grab like a snack or something at one point in time. Do you like Beauty and the Beast is down there? I could see and, that. And that was one yeah. that like we debated about. And like also the Lightning McQueen Racing Academy is down there, which is a oh, really yeah. cute show if your kids I haven't actually fans. been to that. Um, uh, confession time. I should probably try it. <laughs> I haven't been in days. person, but I've seen it on the lives. Does that count? <laughs> yeah, I've seen it on the lives. That counts, and we've yeah. we've seen it. <laughs> So we didn't even go down Sunset Boulevard for multiple trips in a row because there wasn't anything down there that my kids wanted to do. Yeah. So exactly. It really just depends on what's on your list. And again, I will stress and I will mention again that Kate and I both highly suggest you make your priority list of what rides are the most important to everybody in your travel party. And you hit those first because then everything after that is just a bonus. Mm Mm-hmm. 100%. Yes. Okay. So... Wherever you decide to rope drop will determine kind of your morning, so to speak. 
Um, I am just going to mention, I know, oh, you haven't really, we haven't dived in, dived, dove, delved into, however that is supposed to be stated, the Delvin meat of, of, of Genie Plus. But I do just want to mention before I forget and before I get ahead of myself that um, we do always suggest mobile ordering when it comes to lunch and dinner. Um, so some lunch spots that you have the option to um, check out here at Hollywood Studios, ABC Commissary, Docking Bay 7, Backlot Express, Pizza Rizzo, and Woody's Lunchbox. So those are all kind of scattered throughout the park. So again, that may be something that also helps you determine your plan. If you know that you want to eat lunch at Woody's, you know you want to eat lunch around 11 a.m., you can kind of finagle your plans based on that. Um, you can even put your lightning lanes for Toy Story Land kind of ideally in that time frame too as well. So that way you're not hopping back and forth and crisscrossing. So again, mobile order is your best friend, especially when you've only got one day in the park and you're trying to get as many things done as you possibly can. And I would say if you're trying to get out of the heat and looking for something that's family friendly, I feel like ABC Commissary is probably your best bet, followed by Docking Bay 7 because you can also sit in the air conditioning in there. But Docking Bay 7, the food can look a little strange because it's meant to look that way. So if you have kids that are picky eaters, ABC Commissary might be a safer bet for that. Um, Woody's Lunchbox is good, but it, there's like hardly any seating and it's outside in the sun most of the mm -hmm. time. So it's like, it's not a great place to have a relaxing lunch. It's a great place for maybe a snack, <laughs> yeah, a quick lunch if you can find a seat. Um, right. They do have those little Pop-Tarts at Woody's Lunchbox that are oh, fun. They so do. Yeah. That's, you know, just a fun, if you, if you want a fun little mid-morning snack maybe. <laughs> I, I've never advocated for Pizza Rizzo just because I don't like Disney's pizza most of the time, but I have heard it's acceptable. Um, it just has weird hours, yeah. right? Yes, like, they close at five, which is yeah. really unfortunate. And I'm maybe, I, I don't know. I'm hopeful that that will someday change because the food is actually like you, I mean, it's theme park pizza, but if you're someone who likes like um, Pinocchio Village House that we talked about it at Magic Kingdom, this... I think is better than that personally in my opinion they don't have as many options as pinocchio village house does but i also haven't looked at the menu for pizza rizzo to see if anything has changed recently um the atmosphere in there is super fun it's a really good spot for lunch um just because it is inside especially if you go upstairs at pizza rizzo it's fairly empty up there most of the time nobody really realizes there's a whole seating area on the second floor uh so that's something to keep in mind and as far as the food at docking bay seven my kids love the mac and cheese there it looks a yeah. little different because it also comes with like a big chicken nugget cube the, the tip tip yep <laughs> yeah <tip> -yip. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so but once i told my kids like no it's just a, a chicken nugget and mac and cheese and broccoli they're like oh, okay that's cool so like oh gosh you know um, just prep them ahead of time let them see some pictures or something Robbie and Aaron over here are saying that Backlot is their go-to and their favorite. So that, that's another one that has a lot of good options. And there is some significant amount of seating yeah. in there. So, the, And I will say, though, indoor seating at Backlot can be really hard to find. Yeah. They have a lot of outdoor seating as well. They do have some nice umbrellas, and it's typically not as hot as Woody's. Yeah. But indoor seating can be a little harder to find. But again, it also depends on what time you're eating. I would say if you're someone who's getting to the park at seven or 7.30, you may want an earlier lunch and you may beat some of the lunch crowds and that may not matter. Yeah. So you may just kind of have to scope it out and see, uh, you know, 
and 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 go from there. I don't love love any of these options at Hollywood Studios, and I typically I don't, love don't Hollywood eat. Studios. <laughs> in terms of food, I'd say. <laughs> and I typically don't eat in the park, so we have eaten at Docking Bay Seven. I've grabbed a couple. We've eaten at Pizza Rizzo. And other than that, it's just been like snacks here and there from some of the other places. So, yeah, I think my favorite place to go if it's hot out, especially is ABC Commissary, because Mm -hmm. it's just there's it's almost it's easier to find seating. It's really great AC and there's a pretty wide variety menu for almost Mm -hmm. everybody. So that's the safe bet. Yeah, absolutely. And I will mention, as we've mentioned before in previous episodes, that if you're someone that's just like, no, I don't want to sit down and eat a full meal. I'd rather just like snack throughout the day as I go. We have done whole episodes on snacks at each park and what our suggestions are. And our one for Hollywood Studios is episode 22. So if that's one that you're looking for that you're like, I need snack suggestions, you can find them there. You can also find graphics of those on our Instagram page. So head there if you're looking for that. Alrighty, so we've had lunch. What do we do after Yes, so let's talk about Genie Plus a little bit more in depthly. This park with Genie Plus is heavily dependent on what rides are on your priority list. And there may be entire sections of this park like we talked about before that you skip if they're not even on your list at all. Um, So keep that in mind. I'm just gonna kind of run down the order in which I would suggest you book. And again, this is not a end-all, be-all, you have to do this list. This is, hey, here's the framework. Pull out the ones that you want and create your own kind of thing. So this is your your general guide. Um, Like I mentioned, Slinky Dog would always be the one that I do first. After Slinky Dog, I would book Smuggler's Run and then Runaway Railway. And again, these are mostly in order of what sells out the quickest and or what has the latest return times the quickest, if that makes sense. Because you're wanting to put as many rides in the day as possible, so you wanna get those early uh, return times. So Slinky Dog, Smuggler's Run, Runaway Railway, then Rock and Roller Coaster and Tower of Terror. Those are interchangeable depending on the day. Some days one is more than the other or one has a longer wait than the other. After that, then Toy Story Mania. And then the last three on this list that are included on Genie Plus, nine times out of 10, if not 10 times out of 10, they're not gonna need a Genie Plus return time. So Star Tours, Alien Swirling Saucers, and Muppet Vision, very rarely do you need a return time unless it's like, okay, I'm over here, why don't I go ahead and just book it and get it done and then move on and do my next ride after that kind of deal. But most of those, if you wait, either if you do them early or you catch them right in the middle of the day or you do them towards the end of the night, you're looking at 20 or less for all of those in the last two hours of the park most of the time. Yeah, unless it's like a really, you know it's a really, really busy day at Hollywood Studios. If Muppets and Star Tours have like a really long line, like Mm -hmm. you know it's crowded at the park. (laughs) Yeah, and you will see alien swirling saucers getting up to like a 30 or 40 minute wait at certain points throughout the day yeah just wait keep an eye on it or like i said if it's one that like that's gonna most of and the other thing is those three are gonna have pretty much immediate return times so if you get off of slinky dog or you know you tap into your slinky dog and you're like well i'm already over here alien throwing saucers is available now let me go ahead and book it and we'll just hop over there and get it done that is something that i would suggest doing if that works with your 
group and where you are and location wise and all of that. But like I said, nine times out of 10, you're not gonna need a return time for those. Um, I have a question from Hope. Does star tours make you sick? It can if you're prone to motion sickness. I, I am prone to motion sickness. Usually I'm okay with it riding one time only, but everybody's different in how their bodies handle it. So um, mm-hmm. if you are very sensitive to motion sickness, it's either take something for it or maybe just skip it because it's not worth it to ruin your park day by feeling queasy and sick afterwards. And I am not prone to motion sickness, and that is the only ride on Disney property that has ever made me feel motion sick. Oh, no. (laughs) Mission Space is the one I can't do, like, ever. Yeah. Oh, no. Well, yeah, I can do green on Mission Space. I just choose not to. Um, (laughs) But with with Star Tours, I I love the ride. It's super fun, but I've ridden it twice where, like, I came off of it like, oh. And it could have been that I was tired. It could have been I hadn't eaten. It could, you know, who knows? But like, it's the only ride on Disney property that has ever made me feel that way. So, again, like Kate said, everybody is different. It well, it's really in, depends. It's so. interesting. So we're for Distry tomorrow. Cats out of the bag. We're going to be talking about Body Wars. So I don't know if anybody remembers Body Wars, but it had the same ride vehicle as Star Tours. And so I was reading mm-hmm. about what makes people sick on that attraction. And sometimes the the way it can just get knocked out of alignment like a little bit if it's not perfectly synced with the movement that they have animated with the video on the screen. It does that thing where your brain, like what you're seeing doesn't match up with your what your body's doing and that um, discombobulation is what makes you really sick. So um, interestingly enough on Mission Space, it's the opposite because what you're seeing is you're just floating, floating, or you're barely moving, but your body's actually spinning. So it's that disconnect between what your body's doing versus what you're seeing, but in the opposite direction for mission space. But both of them can make you really, really sick. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that yeah. totally makes sense. Yeah. So very interesting. Yeah, I'm so. interested to hear history tomorrow now. Yes. <laughs> Like, yes. Hmm. <laughs> and Body Wars made people even more sick than Star Tours, and we'll tell you why tomorrow. So that'll so be stay tomorrow. tuned. You can find <laughs> Distory at 8.30 Eastern on Friday nights, typically, with our wonderful, my wonderful co-host, Kate, and our friend Kirk at Walrus Carp. So check it out. It's a good one. Distory with Kate and Kirk. Anyway, yes. sorry. little plug for Distory. No, yeah, Moving that's on. good to know. Yeah, absolutely. So again... Like we were mentioning, Star Tours, Aliens Throwing Saucers, and Muppets, you're probably not going to need to book. So while the list is short of rides that you will need to book, I mean, Slinky, Smuggler's Run, Runaway Railway, Rock Roller Coaster, Tower of Terror, Toy Story Mania, you've only got six rides. It's going to take you all day still (laughs) if you're wanting to do all six of those. Mm -hmm. Like a lot of them are e-ticket attractions. They're big attractions and they're not ones like, and yeah, and you have to move through each of them. And Mm -hmm. often their return times have, they jump up. They're not like, you know, we can just hop from one to the other to the other necessarily. And that's what takes you all day. Yes. Whereas like in Magic Kingdom, you can get through so much more there because you do have the ability of close proximity and quick return times on Genie Plus so you can go from one to the next to the next. This is not that way. Um, And Hollywood Studios is one that you can 
manipulate using click clack methods and refreshing methods on Genie Plus, but it's a lot more extensive and it takes a lot longer typically for those times to pop up for you, depending yeah. on the attraction. Um, if you're looking at something for like Toy Story Mania or even Tower of Terror, a lot of the times those are a lot easier to manipulate, but Slinky Dog, Runaway Railway, some of those, they're, they're just not as easy, uh, not as many times available you know, limited, limited capacities with their Genie Plus program, just because they, they, they can't allow endless return times when you've only got that much space and that many attractions to use for your Genie Plus. Right. It's a, it, the park is on, on, I want to, I don't want to say it's on the small side. It, it is, it's smaller than Epcot and things like that, yes. but it's just, it just, it has a lot of shows. It's very show heavy park. But there's like not a lot to do outside of it's like e-tickets or shows with yep. a couple of other small rides but not many like that's yes. it's a very strange park in that way where there usually there's this kind of spread between kind of like you know rides that hardly ever have lines plus shows plus kind of like medium attractions plus e-ticket attractions which are the big coasters and things like that and this park just doesn't have that mix so it's right. awkward you can find yourself having downtime where you're like I, my return time hasn't come up yet, but I've already done everything else that I need to do. Mm -hmm. And I guess I'll go see a show because that's all I yeah. got. <laughs> yeah. Now I will say there are some really good shows. So let's there talk are. about, perfect yes. segue, the shows. <laughs> um, so there are several other things that are shows, shows or show-like things that are included on Genie Plus. Do I think you need Genie Plus for any of these? No, not at all. Uh, if you just pay attention to show times and get there a little bit early, you'll be fine. Um, but these are included on your Genie Plus if you choose to do that. Um, Beauty and the Beast Live, the Disney Junior Dance and Play Show, the Frozen Sing-Along, Indiana Jones Epic Stunt Spectacular, um, and also the Olaf Character Meet and Greet. So um, those five are also included. I will say you could use it for Olaf. His time typically isn't too long because he his line moves pretty quick. Um, so you don't typically see super long waits for him, but he is the only character meet and greet that is on Genie Plus for Hollywood Studios. There's a bunch of other characters, Mickey and Minnie, a bunch of Incredibles characters that meet um, live action. Ariel, I'll get to that list here in a little bit, but um, he is the only one that is on Genie Plus. Again, those shows are fantastic and wonderful and great to do in between. Um, but do you need a Genie Plus time for them? No. And I honestly wouldn't because that's going to limit and push out the other times that you're going to want to be booking with your Genie Plus. So again, like we said, it's only six attractions, but those six attractions with waiting for those return times to become now you're gonna take all day pretty much yeah and with the shows you really as long as you get there early enough you don't necessarily you don't really need a lightning lane for any of them you just can't expect to get there five minutes before the show and always be able to get in especially mm -hmm. if it's busy in the park they just yep. will turn you away because there's not enough space so mm -hmm. if you really want to see a show try to get there i'd say no later than 15, 20 minutes before is the absolute cutoff um, mm -hmm. to make sure that you get in that show and get a decent seat. Um, yeah. And my, I, I really want to throw out there that the Frozen sing-along is hilarious, no matter it's who you so are. It's so good. Even if you're not like a huge Frozen fan, the, mm -hmm. there's comedy in there that is for adults and there's comedy, there's great stuff for kids. It's like an all around, a magical, hilarious time. So yeah. that's my plug 
macros and sing along, just go. It's air I remember, great. Yeah, I remember <laughs> dragging my husband to that on one of our first trips, like right after it opened, and he was like, "Okay," like he 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 liked Frozen, but it was he was like, "Do we really need to?" And I was like, "No," because I had gone to it a solo trip before with my best friend when she was a cast member, and we were like, "Yeah, we're gonna do this," and then I took him with me and now it's like no we have to do it every trip because he loves it too <laughs> it's so good and I will say the nice thing about about that show is it's one of two that's inside like Kate mentioned nice yeah. seats inside um, Disney Junior Day Dance and Play is also inside but it is open floor like you sit on the floor sit there's on the floor. no benches yeah. there's no chairs any of that type of stuff not comfortable um, yes not not super comfy but they That's do that so dancing. the kids exactly kids yeah. have space to dance and all of that um, Beauty and the Beast Live is an outdoor covered amphitheater and as is Indiana Jones is an outdoor very massive Indiana Jones is one that you probably could walk up last minute and still get into you just may not have a great seat because it is a yeah. massive amphitheater they've got tons of seating in there um so keep that in mind depending on if you're wanting to alternate inside outside that yeah. may determine which direction you head for which show in between and hollywood studios does not have a ton of shade like there's a lot of areas in there that like batu doesn't have a ton of shade Toy Story definitely doesn't have any shade. No. Walking around between the lands, there's no shade. Even Sunset mm -hmm. Boulevard, not a lot of shade. Nope. It's just, it's like a park of no shade. So keep that in mind as you're planning yep. your day that you definitely want to include times when you get out of the sun, especially if it's in the summer months. And it is Florida, so just in general, just try to get out of the sun yes. for a little bit just to, um, especially with littles, they need to get out of that heat and out of the sun for sure. Yeah. So. And especially even... You know, sitting in the shade is one thing, but like eating inside air conditioning is a really good idea at Hollywood Studios just because of that lack of shade yes. um, and utilizing indoor attractions. And luckily, there are several attractions that are completely indoors that help too. Um, Star Tours is completely indoors, Toy Story Mania is completely indoors, Smuggler's Run is completely indoors, Rise of the Resistance is 98% indoors. Um, <laughs> So, you know, that's helpful as well. Um, yes. But yeah, definitely thinking about all of that for sure. Erin <laughs> says Epcot levels of shade. Yeah, same. <laughs> yes. And uh, Hope says reminder to put on your sunscreen even on rainy days. Yes. If it's even overcast, rainy, it can still burn you. Like, so make sure yes. you wear your sunscreen, friends. Always yes. a good reminder. Absolutely. Um, so let's talk about non Genie Plus things that you can do in Hollywood studios. So depending on your list again six genie plus attractions plus rise of the resistance so seven main attractions that you're looking at so if you're fitting things in between or your list is shorter than seven because some of those you don't want to go on these are different things that you can do they do have a theater that shows the mickey cartoon shorts called vacation fun which is a really good way to get out of the heat as well you very rarely is there any wait for that unless the park is like insanely busy and even then it's like usually five or ten at the most you wait till um, the show's over and exactly then you go in and see the next show exactly <laughs> yeah. exactly um so that's a super fun one we talked earlier a little bit about the lightning mcqueen racing academy that is down all the way at the end past rock and roller coaster in that space that is a really really cute show for kiddos who like cars and even if they're just like eh, cars is okay really really fun because the lightning mcqueen i guess you would call it an animatronic 
uh, is really, really cool. <laughs> like, I don't know what else to It's a car. Probably. With an animatronic, I guess. Yeah. Probably. Um, so anyway, <laughs> whatever you want to call it, um, that is a super fun one. And then they do have the Star Wars character meet and greets inside of Launch Bay, which don't be confused is not located in Galaxy's Edge. It is completely separate from Galaxy's Edge. So it is over. <laughs> As you're looking at the Chinese theater on the right-hand side over by the Disney Junior area, um, so you can meet BB-8, Darth Vader, and Chewbacca inside there. Um, other characters that they have as available, and again, none of these are Genie Plus. This is all you're, you're going to stand by and wait for these. The live-action version of Little Mermaid of Ariel is there, um, meeting currently inside the One Man's Dream building area where Sully used to be, but he got... He got the boot when she when she showed up. Um, you can also find Buzz, Chip and Dale, Disney Junior characters meet right outside of their building. So Doc McStuffins, Fancy Nancy, Vampirina, and often Pluto is over there as well. Daisy and Donald, Edna Mode, Frozone, Goofy, Sully, Jesse, Powerline Max is meeting over across from Muppet Courtyard before you enter into Galaxy's Edge. That's a newer um, character meet that I feel like not everybody knows is there. So that's a fun one if you get to see that. Um, Mickey and Minnie, Mr. and Mrs. Incredible, and Woody. So lots of lots of character options if yeah. that's something that you really enjoy and want to kind of fill that in-between lightning lane times with. Um, and then they also have roving characters in Galaxy's Edge, Kylo Ren and the Stormtroopers and the Mandalorian and Grogu and Vi Marathi, um also do roam in Galaxy's Edge if that is something that you're looking for as well. Yeah, and I'll, you kind of touched on it, but One Man's Dream, maybe not the greatest exhibit for little, little kids. Like, it's not, it's, it's, but if you have any maybe older kids that are interested in Disney history or interested in Walt Disney, it's a really great exhibit, it has some really wonderful models that for me as a Disney historian are like gold. Like, I love, I spend way too much time in there. They probably know me pretty well on the security cameras by now but um but they have like the model of, of cinderella castle they have a model the original model of jungle cruise and one uh, the original model for main street usa half of main street usa they have uh, a pre audio animatronic in there there's some amazing things so if you are interested in disney history make keep get a little time for that that spot because it's worth it and it's air conditioned in there so it's a good way to get out of the heat as well so just a little and if you have little kids that don't want to and maybe they're doing character meet and greets down where well, I don't even know what they call it now the Incredibles area that they just reopened <laughs> maybe just Toy send story area <laughs> I, yeah like the old Toy Story old entrance to mania but anyway maybe they're maybe they're going down there and you can just pop into one man's dream and, and get a little bit of time there so Yes, yeah. it is a good one. And I, I didn't put it on the list just because we're more focused on like families and kids and all that. And like you mentioned, depending on the age of the kids, you know, it, yeah, they if may you had, or may not. If you had older kids to teenagers, they might find it interesting. Uh, but it is a lot of like signs you read. There's a couple videos in there to watch, but it's definitely, and they have a, a multi-plane camera that shows how it works. So if you're, you know, if you have older kids, maybe that you're doing homeschool or you want, want them to learn a little educational things about how film works and animation, this is a really great exhibit for that as well. Again, lots of different things that you can do outside of uh, your Genie Plus ones. Uh, dinner, same suggestions as we talked about as well. And then in the evening, uh, you're going to look to finish any lightning lanes or rides that you haven't done yet. Um, and I will say, if you 
missed an attraction and you you don't have like genie plus is sold out for that attraction for the day riding it during phantasmic is a good way to get a lot of those rides in um things like slinky dog and rise of the resistance their their wait times get get drastically reduced during phantasmic so if you're someone who has seen phantasmic or isn't planning to go to phantasmic um, then definitely consider that the other thing i will caution you is phantasmic Initially, when it reopened, had two showtimes. It does not anymore. It is only one, and it is very crowded. So if you are planning Fantasmic, you're going to want to plan to be done with your rides an hour before showtime to give yourself time to get to that part of the park, get yourself all situated, and get inside the theater and find your spot. So yeah, keep that in mind as well. Because it will fill up, and they'll close it, and you won't get in. And that won't that can happen like... A half hour before the show so don't anticipate getting in there a few minutes yeah. before the show and having a place to go because that that happened to me and elliot um before the world changed <laughs> and we were trying to go to fantasmic and that was um and we were just we were literally sitting across and eating food and watching people go in and we we're just like we should, probably should go soon and then as soon as we finished our food we got up and walked up and they closed it right before we got oh, up and i'm like no, no. so ah. yeah yeah so Definitely yes. don't miss out. <laughs> if you really want to see it, you've never seen it. You definitely want to um, don't miss Fantasmic if you've never seen it. It's worth yes. going to see. I agree. I agree. If you if this is your first time at Hollywood Studios, you've only got one day there. I would put that fairly high up on my list yeah. if I were you. So even though it's not an, a Genie Plus attraction, it's not you know that type of thing. It that show is amazing. Yeah, it's it. Uh, question is it at close I feel like it's it varies it is sometimes at close it is sometimes a half hour after close so right now we've seen that Hollywood Studios has been closing typically at 9 p.m. and Fantasmic Showtime has been 9 30 yeah so those those wait times will start to drop around 8 30 but your best bet if you're wanting to get in line for something like rise of the resistance or slinky dog and those are typically the two that people are going to want to try to get in the end of the night i would get in line i don't know maybe 10 minutes before park closes because then as we've stated before you're not going to have a rush of a ton of individual lightning lanes coming through uh, so your your wait time isn't going to be offset by those that other line kind of taking precedent so it will move a lot quicker and your wait time will be a lot shorter most of the time not always a guarantee but most of the time yep I agree. the other thing i will say is especially at this park i highly highly advise against waiting to ride those in in the evening if you haven't already ridden them like if it's your first time going to the park don't wait to ride Rise of the Resistance if it's a really important, or Slinky Dog if it's a really important ride to you, especially Rise. We've talked about how finicky it is. I've seen it go down at 8 p.m. and not open again. Slinky Dog, less likely. Slinky Dog, though, in the rain does not run, and it will close for a while if it's raining or if they think it's going to start raining. So definitely get those done early and use fireworks time for a second ride that way if that happens you're not disappointed at how you ended your evening because those two rides are they do have the 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 higher ability of of being shut down towards close unfortunately (laughs) so yeah so it is a little awkward with fantastic because the park closes at nine you can't get in line for anything past 8 59 
but Fantasmic isn't until 9.30, but don't think, like Kate said, that you have that whole half hour to get to Fantasmic. No, especially no. with one show. If there's two yeah. shows, you have more of a chance of being able to get in because people mm -hmm. will wait till the second show to go see it, which is usually yes. what I choose to do because <laughs> it's mm -hmm. less crowded. Yeah. Uh, but if there's only one show, everybody's trying to get into that one show, the entire yep. park, not the entire park, most of the park. Very close. And people will park hop to to Hollywood Studios just for Fantasmic. Yeah. Especially right now because, I mean, right now Animal Kingdom doesn't have a nighttime show. Epcot has Epcot Forever, which is like it's a massive pretty much letdown not a nighttime show. After, <laughs> after Harmonious. But we're, you know, in the fall, they're getting a new show, so we'll see. Yeah, so that'll, that'll get better people, in the fall. Yeah, when people are ending their evenings at the parks, it's either Happily Ever After or Fantasmic. So, like, it's going to be busy. Yeah. Um, Hope asks, is it worth doing the dining package with Fantasmic? If you're going <laughs> to eat there anyway, yeah, then yes. Would I spend extra money to eat somewhere just for a reserved seat to Fantasmic? No, if that makes sense. Yeah. I probably just wouldn't. I would probably just plan to get in there uh, a little bit on the early side because you'll get a good yeah. seat closer to the middle as long as you get there early. Um, yeah. And it's not that much better than the reserved seats, quite no. honestly. Than the, no. so. And I will say too, once you're inside the amphitheater for Fantasmic, if you're thinking about like, oh, I got to sit in there with my kids, there are concession stands and bathrooms both located like right at the top of the amphitheater seats. So yeah. that is helpful. I mean, those concession lines are definitely long because a lot of people are in there and a lot of people are wanting to grab a snack before the show, but they do have that option. Um, and there are bathrooms like right as you enter the amphitheater area as well. So that is also helpful because it is quite a walk and the stroller parking is not super close to where you end up sitting. Uh, so keep that in mind, but it is nice that they have that option as well. If you're concerned about waiting that long with your kiddos. I, I feel like quite a walk is the understatement. <laughs> it is a legit hike to the Fantasmic Theater. Like the first time I did it, I was like, this keeps going. Like, we're, where are we going? Are we hiking yep. to another park? Like, what, what are we doing? It's we're really walking far. <laughs> it's so far, like, especially because I'm, I was so used to Disneyland where it just happens yeah. on the rivers of America, you know, which right. it is also has its downsides because it's just a nightmare to, and you have to stand the yeah. whole time and it's terrible, but um, <clears throat> it's hidden back away all it is. the way back. Because you basically have to, walk out and around the whole Beauty and the Beast amphitheater and then go a little bit further to actually get to Phantasmic. Just so far. I'm just, yeah. <laughs> Aaron's where's the Skylighter? We should take the Skylighter to it. They should add that. It's a little, little drop route. you right, <laughs> drop, drop you right at Phantasmic. I would have, especially at the end of the night when you're tired anyway, it yeah. just feels like a punishment and it's just like, okay, I'll just but hide you get out to go here. sit. At least there's seats. Yes. There's seats. I do. I'm not trying to be negative because I do love no. Fantasmic and I'm so <laughs> grateful we get to sit there for sure. And the theater mm -hmm. is really lovely in terms of like yeah. how they've set it up. And they I think really great pre-show music. They do. <laughs> it's, it's so dance, good. dance party. <laughs> I, I will also say for people who are the introverts among us who struggle with loud noises, or if you have a sensory issue with loud noises, if you see a 
large group in all matching shirts, and a lot of them seem to be closer to teenage age, they're going to be really loud during that show. Before the show, during the show, after the show, they're going to do probably the wave and do a lot of shouting and screaming, and that's great, and I'm so glad they're doing that, but just keep that in mind for where you sit if you have any control over it. You know, maybe try to get a section over it. The other thing to note, and this is just straight Fantasmic talk, regardless of when you are going to Fantasmic, um, the bottom rows are splash zones because yes. there is water that water effects that happen. And also, if you've got kiddos that like my oldest has serious sensory issues when it comes to fire, which sounds crazy, but like bonfires, campfires, those types of things, not his uh, thing. He really, really doesn't like it. So there are also fire effects in the show and it can get very, very hot in the bottom five rows at least. It's intense. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. So if you've got a kiddo that is a little bit sensory borderline, like my oldest is, uh, prep them ahead of time because we have watched it several times because my kids have not seen Fantasmic in person and we're gonna, they'll be able to see it in November when we go. I know I'm so excited for them. And so we've watched it several times and had several discussions about it. But even still, we're going to have to sit back at least probably five to ten rows so that way that the the feeling of the water and the heat doesn't catch him off guard so it is a very sensory involved show it's a wonderful amazing fabulous show but just that's my warning from a mama who has a kiddo who has some of those concerns there are some pyrotechnics and firework effects too that can get mm -hmm. a little little bit loud so just keep yeah, that yeah. in mind for maybe the ear protection for kiddos mm -hmm. um and uh while we're on this <laughs> i remember sitting in a row with with kirk in like the front row and he's like oh don't worry this section doesn't get wet well the wind it was shifts, real windy <laughs> <laughs> you might get wet so because just keep we, that also in sat, we also sat in that same section may and becca and kirk and i the night we went to moonlight magic and the wind shifted and we got misted on the entire show <laughs> <laughs> and i was like this is not a guarantee that this is a dry place the good so. thing is it's the end of the night so if you do happen to accidentally sit in a splash zone chances are good that you're pretty much headed directly back to your room anyway so you know, yeah. could I, be worse. I definitely gave him like a big look after that. I was like, this <laughs> not a wet, but I was like, I was so like, wait, everything was wet. And I was like, okay. And it was cold out. I was like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Anyway. Yep. So yeah. So, so all of that said about Fantasmic, <laughs> whether or not you choose to end your day there, just keep all of those things in mind, arriving early, thinking about where you want to sit, all of, all of that. So that will wrap up the end of your day with Genie Plus. Let's talk about Without Genie Plus. Yeah. This is where things get really, really interesting. Um, so Without Genie Plus, you do still have the 7 a.m. option to book that individual lightning lane for Rise of the Resistance. Again, same thing. It will be a difficult one to get in early time. They will sell out and restart you, all of those types of things. If you're not doing Genie Plus and you're not planning on doing an individual lightning lane for Rise of the Resistance, chances are very slim that you will be able to ride it. Unless it's like your top priority ride and that's the one thing that you're going for that day. It just typically doesn't have those wait times unless you can time it where it's gone down and you happen to be in the right place, right time, and it goes back up and you can get in line and have a short wait then. 
or you ride it at the end of the night, like we the talked about, but that's going to be sa- possibly sacrificing something else, depending on your list that you've made. Yeah. Which is so sad. It's like, cause it's such an amazing yeah. ride. So it might be one you just want to think about budgeting in for, I hate mm-hmm. to say that. Like, I, yeah. <laughs> well, so and like what my family does, like we budget in for my husband and my son to go on it. I've been on it. I don't need to go on it again. Yeah. Uh, my daughter's not interested in going on it Yeah. at all. <laughs> so w- we budget for the two of them to go on it and they have their time. And my daughter and I usually go and walk through the marketplace and look at all the cute stuffed animals and, you know, all of that type Smart. of stuff. So it just, you know, if you want to budget for a few of you two or, you know, kind of just make your decisions based on that. But like I said, typically 20 to $25 per person is that individual lightning lane cost. So much. Yes. Um, okay. So your rope drop strategy is going to be the same suggestion. Unfortunately, I don't have any really great tips for rope drop because unlike like magic kingdom, there are certain parks, parts of the park that don't open for early entry. So you can kind of manipulate the system a little bit that way with Hollywood studios, it all opens for early entry and then it is all open for everyone for rope drop. So you can stand outside if you don't have early entry and watch the wait times and make your plan, you know, a contingency plan based on that. Um, if you're doing early entry again, get there early an hour before early entry is really my suggestion to make the most of that morning time. And again, do the area that's the most important to you, hit Toy Story, go to Galaxy's Edge, that type of thing. Again, Galaxy's Edge, rope dropping Rise of the Resistance may or may not be a a great way to spend your morning. Same thing that we already talked about, but just again, those same, same things about Rise being slow to rise in the morning. So lunch, same options as above. Now your afternoon is really going to depend on when and where you rope dropped and what you have accomplished in the morning. Most of your afternoon is going to be spent checking the wait times (laughs) and pivoting depending on what the wait times are doing. It's really unfortunate, but that's just the way that this park functions. There's no great trends. There's no knowing exactly what's going to happen because the rise of the resistance could go up or down at any point in time. Rock and roller coaster can go down. Tower of Terror is fairly consistent. Mickey Minnie's fairly consistent. If weather hits, you've got that aspect as well. So it's, well, Tower there's of Terror, so many variables. If they're only operating at like one elevator, if they're working yes. on the elevator, elevator shaft, that will make those wait times go sky high. Yes. And it'll be like, why is, even if the park's not that crowded, the wait times mm-hmm. will be ridiculously high. It was, it's yeah, like it was that way for six months. I mean, they were working mm-hmm. on the one elevator shaft of Tower of Terror for six months and they were only running one and those wait times were crazy. And then mm-hmm. all of a sudden they opened both elevators and we're like, what do you mean Tower of Terror is only 25 minutes? Like, <laughs> we're just like, what? what? We're not used to that. <laughs> yeah. It's like, oh, they finally fixed it. Woohoo. Yay. Yeah. Um, so Aaron says that. Hollywood Studios is the wild, wild west of Walt Disney World. I think that's an accurate (laughs) accurate description. Oh my gosh. So (laughs) this is what I'm going to present to you all as my advice. Here are your typical wait times, typical, (laughs) in Hollywood Studios from high to low. Again, these vary a lot. Um, but Rise and Slinky are going to be your top two the majority of the time. 
So those are your ones that you're going to want to bookend your day with because they typically have the longest wait and they're going to take up the most of your time just standing and waiting in line. Um, shortly after that, Tower of Terror, again, dependent on the elevator shaft situation, they typically have two running. If only one is running, then it may be the highest weight in the park. It's just crazy. Um, yeah. Yeah. Toy Story Mania, because it's such a family-friendly ride and there's not, not every ride is super family-friendly in Hollywood Studios, the wait for that can be upwards of an hour fairly soon after park open. Um, Smuggler's Run comes after that. Smuggler's Run does have a single rider line. It can be really really good kate has shared with us previously that she's had hot and cold experiences <laughs> in the smugglers run single rider line but the majority of the time it is a fairly good single rider line because that um ride vehicle is a six person ride vehicle and you get a lot of parties of four and sometimes they'll just throw two single riders in with those parties they will they always be engineers you. you will always <laughs> yes. be an engineer yes. if you're a single rider always yes you'll never get to be a pilot <laughs> ever yes. <laughs> yes unfortunately so if so you want to be mind. a pilot you got you got to wait in in standby and even then unless you have a party of like four five six you may get paired with other people and then still not end up being a pilot you can always ask the cast member if you've waited in standby don't ask if you're in the single rider line because they're going to tell you no it's just the way it is but if you waited in the standby line you can always ask the cast member Hey, is it possible that I could wait and be a pilot? Depending on circumstances, you may get lucky. <laughs> Always the engineer, never the pilot. <laughs> like never the bride. <laughs> so true. That's um, yes, yes. Well, and, yeah, and I will. I will say, <laughs> single rider line can be great if you're just trying to knock that out. If there's only a couple people in your party that want to do it anyway, it is like. I've had, it's always awkward being the single writer with a family, like, you know, you're for your family of five or a family of four and they're like having the time of their life and you're like, and then there's me. Hey, what's up? Hi. <laughs> Join your family momentarily. <laughs> I do kind of miss the time when they would, they would only have one family per thing. That was a really fun time. I remember I piloted the Millennium Falcon by myself at that point and that was oh so gosh. weird to be by myself yeah. for yeah. that. <laughs> And Anna makes a good point. She says, I asked last time and now I never want to be pilot again. So you may not want to have that. It's a lot of pressure. That, it is a lot of pressure. You got to fly that ship, man. <laughs> okay. So yeah. So after Smuggler's Run, then Runaway Railway and Rock and Roller Coaster are going to be next. And then down at the bottom, Aliens, Rolling Saucers, Star Tours, and Muppets. So again, those are just typical wait times, high to low. So my suggestion to you would be bookend your day with Rise and Slinky Dog and then hit as many of those long wait attractions during early entry and rope drop time as you possibly can. Yep. Because that's gonna set you up for success. And I will say, this park it's very easy to backtrack and you're gonna end up backtracking um, you, depending no on your list. Yeah. The worst is if you can get Tower of Terror and Rock and Roller Coaster close together and be able to ride them kind of in one swoop, that is your to your best, uh, you know when it comes to walking across the park the other areas are a little easier to get between if you're working between runaway railway toy story and galaxy's edge areas those are a little bit easier to maneuver between but if you throw rock and roller coaster or tower of terror in the middle of all of that it's a lot of walking yeah sunset boulevard's uh, it's beautiful it's a great yes. walk it's a lovely Absolutely. vibe it's it's especially in the evening the sunset and the twilight it's lovely mm -hmm. 
but yeah. it's a long walk. So yes, yes, yeah. absolutely. Um, and the other thing that I will also say is this plan, most likely you're going to be able to hit four or five attractions in the morning. Your whole afternoon is probably going to be shows, character meets, experiences, those types of things. And then the evening will be your time to really get through the other three or four attractions, depending on timing and the um, crowds in the park for that day. Yeah. 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 Don't waste your time in the afternoon standing in those massive, massive lines. Mm -hmm. Just don't, don't do it. There's other things no. you can do while you wait yes. for the lines to go down. Once dinner time hits and the show times hit, everybody starts doing those things. It makes the, the, the wait time go down. And that's pretty consistent in most of the parks, right around mm -hmm. 10, 30, 11, all the crowds come in, it gets busy until the um, late afternoon. And then it's, you start to see it go down in general mm -hmm. as a park girl. So, yeah. And I will say if you are someone trying to navigate Hollywood studios without using Genie Plus, meal times are a really good time to do some of those like mid-level attractions yeah. because yeah. you'll see from like 1130 to one, some of those times will drop down like 20 minutes or so. And the same thing from like five to six, 630-ish, you'll see that too. I'm not talking the big name attractions. That's not really gonna be consistent or happening with some of those, but some of those mid-level ones um, in the middle of that list, you may be able to kind of time it the right way with that. And again, you're unfortunately at Hollywood Studios, you've really just gotta keep your eye on those wait times on your phone, on your app, they've got the boards throughout the park, you know, just really pay attention and keep an eye on those. Because if you see something drop and you've been waiting on it to drop, you got to go like, yep. Five minutes ago. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I feel like Hollywood studios sometimes is the most stressful park for me because there's so many things to hit in such a yeah. short period of time. And it's like everything, everything is a big ride. And it's just mm -hmm. like, how do I do all of this? So yeah. Uh, you yeah. know, in, in that way, if you're feeling stressed out about it, maybe just make some decisions about like what's most important to us and yes. then have a more relaxed day from that point on saying, okay, these are the main things we're going to hit. And after that, um, we're just going to enjoy ourselves and just yeah. enjoy our time here because it, it really is not worth it to stress yourself out trying to get to everything. It's not right. going to make your vacation that much more enjoyable. It might actually go the opposite if you're trying right. to get to everything and it's stressful for you. Yeah. And like we said, the shows and all of that are so good at Hollywood Studios. Yeah. So sometimes, I mean, that's the majority of, up until this last trip, that was the majority of what we were doing at Hollywood Studios because my kids were little. They didn't weren't big enough for Rock and Roller Coaster, didn't want to do Tower of Terror. Um, so it was like we would hit Toy Story Land and maybe Rise and Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway. And then it was like shows from there. So it really is a good park for shows if that's the way that you want to gear your day to. Yes, I agree. Yes. Um, so just rounding out that day, dinner options, we talked about the food and the quick service options there. Um, and then again in the evening, Fantasmic can be a good time to kind of bookend with another one of those e-ticket attractions. Again, without Genie Plus, it's going to be Rise or Slinky Dog for the, the, the best use of that time. Yep. Okay. And that's that's Hollywood. That's Studios. Hollywood Studios. We did it. <laughs> it's, it's a lot, and it's, it's a, a lot, lot to talking about it. We, yes. been, like, we weren't even running around the park, but oh. I feel like mentally we were running around yeah. the park. Right, and I will say the thing with Hollywood Studios is even with using Genie Plus, when I help people book or I help Barbie and her clients or I do itineraries, it is the hardest 
park. It is the hardest part. So like, don't beat yourself up <laughs> if it doesn't work out. And if you struggle through it, it's so hard. So hard. And there's so many, <clears throat> there's so many different things that can happen. Like with rise, not warming up enough or with, you know, the rides going certain rides going down because of lightning or rain or whatever, you know, like mm -hmm. there's just like unpredictable things that happen there that you really can't anticipate so you know again try to make your list of things that you really enjoy and try to get to those and make right. that your priority and beyond that just enjoy your day because it really is a lovely park to just walk around and enjoy yeah um and and shopping is great there too like elliot yeah. loves to shop in hollywood studios <laughs> and there's so many great little areas that you can just kind of like hang out and enjoy like in toy story land the green army men will walk through and you can see that and you see the characters walking around a lot um, same with Galaxy's Edge. I mean, you can find spots to sit in the, around in the marketplace in that area and, and watch for Ray to come by or the Stormtroopers or Mandalorian. You know, there's lots of really good, good places you can kind of hang out if you're just wanting some vibes. Very different from like Magic Kingdom vibes, but also very good vibes. <laughs> yes, for sure. 100%. Let's let's go to Animal Kingdom, shall we? Let's do it. Let's have a, a relaxed time in Animal yes. Kingdom because it's yes. so much less complicated oh. than, than Hollywood Studios. It's just such a wonderful park. It's it just such a wonderful park. Okay. Um, a couple general notes about Animal Kingdom. You will also hear Animal Kingdom be referred to as DAC. Disney's Animal Kingdom, D-A-K, just the abbreviation. So if we talk, if we, you hear us say that, that's what it stands for. Um, something to keep in mind is it does have the shortest operating hours of all of the Walt Disney World parks due to the animals that they have and that they have to take care of. Uh, so definitely checking your park times. They also typically are the earliest opening park. Them in Hollywood Studios typically have the earliest opening times, uh, depending on what else is happening across the resort. So do keep that in mind as well. That early entry there is typically like as early as 7.30. So that is again, one of those really, really early so parts. Early. But the nice thing about Animal Kingdom is there's not as many attractions and rides. So it is one that you can definitely still get away with finishing everything and taking a break in the afternoon. Yeah. So keeping that in mind, or you can, I, I sometimes will sleep in and even only do it like, you know, noon to uh, like close because no. I, I know, I know no. you don't, but I do that. No. Cause I was like, <laughs> don't, don't do that. <laughs> it's so much better in the morning. Oh. Something, yeah, you're right. The animals are better in the morning. Yes. But I will do that. I will just say you can get away with that if you yes. need to. If you had yes. a really late night, it's not going to be like, I've ruined my day at Animal no. Kingdom right. and I won't be able to get to things if I sleep in. So No, no. Just if you're talking anyway. about being able to accomplish your list and your tasks and things that you want to do, that is definitely true. But my suggestion is to be there as early as possible <laughs> because of the animals in the morning in are way more active and way more out and about when you get into the afternoon hours and that florida heat they you don't see them a lot it's of the true. times so yeah depending on your what you're what you're going for <laughs> i think i just everybody's like i'm stressing you out <laughs> always do that I, no, I try no. to get up and early. I will say Sometimes I will say it's not that happen. 
I will say that the main reason is the animals, but you can also get a very similar experience if you go very end of the operating hours of the safari and the walking trails and things like that. That's what I'm saying. You can enjoy the evening hours. Sometimes the animals will come out in the evening when it's cooled off a little Mm -hmm. bit. Just make sure you don't go too late and miss a safari because they do close up. But yes, I I agree. Um, And the morning too, to be fair, if it's really hot out, that park does get really, if especially if it rains, it gets very steamy and hot in the afternoon. So if it's a, if it's a summertime, you probably do want to try to do those morning hours is the better option i just yeah. personally sometimes <laughs> go in the afternoon and i agree <laughs> that you can you and i agree with you i just not my preference <laughs> i don't um, advocate for everybody to yeah. do that i just say right. sometimes i do and it's not the end of the world because it's a shorter agenda of things yes. you have to do that's all yes that's what Absolutely. i was getting at <laughs> um so speaking of the shorter agenda um let's talk about genie plus at animal kingdom this park is very easy to accomplish using genie plus most days honestly genie plus is not necessary if the crowds aren't insane and you do rope drop an early entry if you are wanting to sleep in i would suggest doing genie plus See, when I go by myself and I just use like single rider, right, it's not a big right. deal. But if you're yeah. with a family, for sure. Yeah. yeah. If you were doing that, yeah. You and, and then, so then what you would do if you were wanting to utilize a Kate schedule and go <laughs> in the afternoon and evening, wake up at seven, book your first ride, go back to sleep, set an alarm to, for two hours after park open to be able to book your next ride and then just continue to modify them to later times. And we've talked about stacking and how that works in our Genie Plus episode. So if you need more info on how that whole process works, go listen to our Genie Plus episode. And then if you still have questions, send us a message. <laughs> um, so for Animal Kingdom, I would suggest arriving about 30 minutes before early entry for a rope drop. Early entry is not typically crazy packed busy when it comes to Animal Kingdom because it is so early. A lot of families don't. They just they're Because you've got to get up at like 4 30 in the morning to get everybody ready to go. Like who wants to do that? I don't know. Yeah. Like not. I said, early entry can start as early as 7 30 there. And that's fairly normal for early entry for Animal Kingdom. Uh, a couple options for what they have for Genie Plus and Lightning Lanes. Your individual Lightning Lane option ride is Flight of Passage, which is one of the Avatar rides. It is one of my personal favorite rides when it comes to Disney World. It is typically 14 to $16 per person, uh, so kind of mid-range when it comes to price point with that one. If you are doing just one day in Animal Kingdom and are planning on not being there open to close, I would highly suggest the individual lightning lane for a flight of passage because that line is consistently long and your chances are are 50-50 whether or not it drops enough at park close for you to be able to do it. And I honestly don't suggest rope dropping it because everybody rope drops it and even though it'll move fairly quickly, that line will still take you way too long and it's not worth wasting those morning hours in the flight of passage line. No, I agree. I'd, I'd much rather do it at the end of the day um, yes. as like a final thing you do, especially because that area is so picturesque in Pandora in the yes. evening, early twilight hours mm-hmm. into night, nighttime. It's actually like a crime that you don't get to see it at night I fairly know. often because it's it's the most beautiful at night. Yeah. Everything glows and comes to life and they have the different sounds at night. It's so amazing. 
Yeah. It's very sad that they don't, it's not often open for that. So, yeah. So a couple different ways that you can work your morning. Um, keeping in mind that the Kilimanjaro Safari, which is one of the big attractions at Animal Kingdom, 99% of the time is not open during early entry. So do not plan to use your early entry time riding the safari because like I said, it, I don't know that I've ever seen it. I won't say never, but I don't know that I've ever seen it open during early entry. Occasionally they may open the queue like five minutes before park open occasionally, but even then sometimes it has a delayed start by 15 or 30 minutes after the park is opened because it depends on They've got to get the feeding stuff ready to go and get the animals all situated. You know, there's a lot of behind the scenes work that those cast members do for the safari in the morning. So keep that in mind. Um, I would suggest booking flight of passage and you can do what Kate said and you can book it at the end of your day or you can book it at the beginning of your day. Either way, you're gonna to wanna to circle back to Pandora in the evening, regardless of even if you're just walking through to enjoy it, or if you're going to an attraction there. But I would suggest booking Flight of Passage early and then doing your Genie Plus ride to be Navi River first. So then you can rope drop and enjoy whatever you choose to rope drop. And then once the park open time kind of starts, do Navi River and Pandora and then the Safari directly after that would be my suggestion. Um, you can also kind of flip that and push your Pandora times a little bit later morning if you choose to and do Safari first. Um, but again, if you're rope dropping early entry, you're not gonna be able to do the Safari. So you really just have to kind of decide what you want to do. And Crystal says, my favorite is getting Starbucks while everyone is running to Flight of Passage. <laughs> <laughs> And oh, you know I... what? Of all of the parks, <laughs> Animal Kingdom is probably one that like it's not a it's not totally could, awful if you, you go to could Starbucks. Get away with thing. that. I know. It's just like <laughs> I I definitely told my husband, like I, I've always had this like pet peeve, and this is nothing against anybody who does Starbucks first, but I have like a huge pet peeve for like I don't want to wait in line in Starbucks during those golden hours because I had to get up early and I hate getting up early. So if I had to get up early, I am not waiting in line at Starbucks for that yeah. time that I got up early for. So like, and of course, like when we went to Magic Kingdom, my husband was like, I just want to get Starbucks and walk down Main Street. And I was like, I look at him and I was like, we are not doing that until later. <laughs> I was like, you could do that later today, not now. Well, and it doesn't help that you don't, drink coffee and caffeine so like no. so it's like for me i'm like it's right. pointless so right. yeah but yeah he exactly his coffee eventually just to yes. be fair and it, it was his great and he enjoyed it yeah. but it was like i was like we are not doing that <laughs> oh, so um i will say that animal kingdom this is the suggestion the, these are the suggestions that i have as far as the attractions and the order that you should book them again this is not your end all be all list pick and choose the ones that you want and plan accordingly depending on where you want to go and where probably I would say honestly with Animal Kingdom kind of planning a little bit on like where you want to be towards lunchtime and dinner time is helpful because the food options here are really good so kind of having a game plan to cover the park in a certain way so that you end up nearby those places is helpful um, but the order that I would book your Genie Plus attractions would be Navi River then the Safari but again I would almost rope drop safari at park open and then use your 
um, Genie Plus to do a second ride because the Safari is something that is different every single time you ride it. So it's super fun to be able to do it more than once if you're able to swing that. Um, after that, then Expedition Everest. Everest does have a single rider line, so keep that in mind as well. Um, and then Cali River Rapids and then Dinosaur. And then this is a good park to actually utilize one of the character meet and greets. Um, Mickey and Minnie meet here in their little adventure like adventure guide safari outfits and they're super cute and it's yeah. a good option to book through your genie plus so i would suggest if that's something that you haven't done any characters and you're wanting like debating about if you want to do it i would do it at animal kingdom because i think that's a good use of one of your later in the day genie plus um times and then the shows that are on there um the Finding Nemo musical and the Festival of the Lion King, both absolutely incredible, amazing shows that I highly, highly, highly suggest you go see both of them. Uh, but they do not need a Genie Plus time at all. Uh, because the thing is with the Genie Plus return time, you still have to get there 20 minutes early to be within your window of your Genie Plus return time. So it really, in the end, it, it truly doesn't matter when it comes to reserving that for both of those shows. Um, <clears throat> Lion King is a smaller theater than Finding Nemo and the the morning shows and the shows in like mid afternoon can be busier depending on the day and the crowds and those types of things. Um, Finding Nemo, I do suggest getting there early so that you can get a seat down closer to the stage because there are characters that and performers that interact with different parts and aisleways and things like that. So the closer to the stage you are, the, the better. Um, but then also it's tough to be a bug, which is a 4D attraction. Um, doesn't need a Genie Plus return time. It very rarely Terrible. goes over 10, <laughs> over 10 minutes. I was waiting to see what you were going <laughs> to say. I so will, again, I go to it, but I, yeah, I will close my eyes during the spiders every time. Right. Yeah. So we talk that. about these, these parks being, <laughs> having shorter lists. You know, we talked about that with Hollywood Studios. Hollywood Studios has a really short list, but it's gonna take you all day. Animal Kingdom also has a short list. Navi River, Safari, Everest, Cali River Rapids, Dinosaur. Even if we throw the meet and greet in there, you really only have six attractions that you're gonna use your Genie Plus for, which is why I say that on days that crowds are low, you may not need Genie Plus, or chances are very good you won't need Genie Plus, and you can just buy that individual lightning lane for Flight of Passage and just work your way around the park. See what the difference is, like even though there was kind of like six in Hollywood Studios and six here, the difference is that they're, these are not all e-ticket attractions necessarily, no. or like people right. don't treat them like that. There's yes. kind of some that are more, moderate and some that are more e-ticket and uh and it's just less crowded in general in this park and there's a little bit more to mm -hmm. do that's not um not just these big attractions there's a lot of walking trails and animals mm -hmm. and other stuff to go to go do and see and um so it won't take you all day especially because those return times don't fly by really fast like right. in hollywood studios so you can book one after the mm -hmm. other pretty much and just knock them all out really quickly yes yeah, you might have a few in the morning that you have to wait on at Animal Kingdom um, because Navi River can get late fairly quickly because a lot That's of people true. try to piggyback it with Flight of Passage in the morning. So they try to book both of those in the morning. Um, the Safari is hit or miss and Everest is hit or miss as far as how quickly they get pushed out. But Navi River for sure, which is why I have you booking it first because you don't want to miss out on 
going on that attraction. I love Navi River Journey. I think it's a beautiful, amazing attraction. But a lot of people are just like, yeah, it's just a boat ride in the dark. But like for me, I love that <laughs> ride. I think it's so pretty. So I think it's something that, that a lot of people maybe write off that I think you should do. <laughs> I, I think with kids, it's worthwhile because there's not yeah. like a ton of things like, you know, there's only so much you can do with small children anyway. And so I mm -hmm. think it's definitely a really beautiful design. I think it's a little short. And gosh, the last time I was on it, the audio animatronic wasn't working and it was just oh, B I mode. Remember, and, you, it, and I've never seen B mode before because like, you were live. Because and the we were, best part of the ride. Right, yes, because that audio animatronic is absolutely amazing. It but is. yeah, you got B mode and I was like, oh. And like, it's just a screen. What was that? It's happening. <laughs> right? Yeah, it was weird. Yeah. So, yes. I mean, so, I think, again. I think you, if you had, if you ran out of time and you had to skip something, I think Navi River is something you could skip and it's not like not the end of the world. Um, mm -hmm. But I wouldn't, I wouldn't skip the safaris. I wouldn't skip Everest if you, your party wants to go on Everest and definitely um, not. Uh, what was that third one? There was a third one. Oh, Flight of Passage. Like those are like, if you did those three, and maybe ate some good food and walked some of the animal trails, you'd have a great day at Animal Kingdom. Yeah, so. absolutely. So speaking of food, Kate, do you want to chat about Animal Kingdom food? Yes. So um, <laughs> my husband is a huge foodie. My husband, Elliot, for those of you who don't know, and Animal Kingdom is his favorite place to be. So we've eaten a lot of things in Animal Kingdom. Um, <laughs> I think it's a toss up for our favorite between Satuli Canteen for quick service for between Satuli Canteen and Flame Tree Barbecue, which um, if you eat at Flame Tree Barbecue, the eating area is kind of like around the back of the place you pick up your food. Go sit down by the water because the views are gorgeous of Everest and everything across the water. And it's one of the quieter places in the parks. There are a couple birds. So if you're bird phobic, keep that in mind. <laughs> Who could that be? <laughs> the eating area is themed as predator and prey. So it's actually kind of a fun way, place to discuss with your kids about like, you know, the circle of life, so to speak, and like these animals that are prey. So it, it's got an animal theme in that way. That's really neat. Um, Satuli Canteen is great. It's a little bit leans more like healthier food, whereas Flame Tree Barbecue leans more towards um, barbecue. So, you know, chicken and, and uh, I really like the... The place, the thing I get at Flame Tree Barbecue is the mac and cheese with pulled pork, barbecue pulled pork on top with like an onion ring. And it's like my favorite thing that's to eat. The, that's the popular one there. It's so good. Yeah, um, yeah. Something about that. And it has a little bit of coleslaw in it too. So it's like something with the combination of it is just really good. Um, other places you can eat uh, include Pizza Fari, um, which I only went in there for the first time the other day. And their rooms are also themed, by the way. So some of the rooms have like animals that like to hide, animals that hang upside down. So you can like go in the room and see that they've Super cute them. decor inside. I yeah. love like all the murals and the painted walls and everything in there. Super fun. I've probably never been in, in there because I just don't do Disney pizza usually. So that's probably, <laughs> but the theming was really cute. And then Yak and Yeti quick service. And I have to say, Elliot and I ate at Yak and Yeti as a table service for the first time this past trip. And that table service was phenomenal. Like that food was really, really good. So if you like anything that's um, more Asian, um, Thai, uh, Chinese kind of themed, like that, that food is really, really amazing. So, um, big, I'm going to advocate for that as well, but for families, I'd say Satuli Canteen and Pandora or Flame Tree Barbecue are probably your best bet for quick, quick service. Satuli Canteen is air conditioned, um, on the inside. So you can actually sit down and, uh, and you can 
refill your water bottles with their fountain drinks and stuff too. Mm -hmm. So if you need to get out of the heat, do Satuli Canteen. And a lot of people don't realize, because it does have a fairly large outdoor seating area as well, like out front, but there's a bunch of seating inside. You don't have to sit outside. And I feel like a lot of people don't realize that because they get tunnel vision because the way that you walk in, if you're not looking around, like you don't see all the tables and a lot of like, they've got some really pretty decor up top. So like, I feel like people get distracted and then they don't even realize there are a ton of tables inside. There are, yes. Yes. So keep that in mind. Now, again, if you're someone who wants to snack your way through Animal Kingdom, there are so many really good snack options as well. If you hit episode 19 of our Mom Street USA podcast, you will find all of our um, suggestions for snacks in Animal Kingdom. Um, And some of the places that we just mentioned have some of those snacks. So again, keep that in mind. The other thing I will say is similar to what we've talked about in some of the other parks, a lot of these Uh, quick service locations are kind of spread out throughout the park. So you may, like I said, want to kind of figure out your route for the day based on at least lunch, I would suggest. Um, And then after that, you would be able to, uh, you know, plan accordingly for dinner. Um, And Kelly is asking, what about Nomad Lounge? Is that a good AC break to eat at? So the thing about Nomad Lounge is it is just all walk up for the lounge, isn't it? So it's, you don't know how long you're gonna have to wait and it's not a guarantee. So if you're only having one day in Animal Kingdom and you're trying to get through as many things as you possibly can in the shortest period of time, maybe not ideal. I think it's better for older families too and couples versus children like it's it's a great place to sit and relax and and chill but it's not it's more it's got the vibes for more older ages i would say Mm -hmm. than children yeah personally definitely a good option they've definitely got good food in there that you can order and all of that you know so by all means if if there's something on the menu there that you want to try. I know the churros there are always one that people talk about because they're quote unquote, the best churros in Disney world. Um, (laughs) I'll say they're good. They're not Disneyland churros, but they're good for what they are. (laughs) So I do know a lot of people do choose to do nomad as well. So that is another option if that's something that you're interested in. Um, so then after food, I mean, it really just depends on how your day has gone. Again, this is one that I don't say like, okay, you should be able to get through this and this and this in the morning and then do lunch because it's really just dependent on what time you get to the park and what your list is for the day, um, based on that. So, um, the only other things that I would suggest is non genie plus related things that I do think you will have time to do because of just the way that animal kingdom is situated with its genie plus and its attractions. Um, There are two different walking trails that they have. They have the Gorilla Falls Exploration Trail, which is found right at the exit of the Kilimanjaro Safari. Um, So there's that walking trail. And then over by Cali River, um, they have the Maharaja Jungle Trek, um, which is where the tigers are over there. So those two walking trails are super, super fun. But I would suggest, like we talked about before, either earlier in the morning or later in the evening, midday, your chances of seeing a tiger are slim to none because they just hide up top in their little enclosures and you're not gonna be able to see them. So keep that in mind as you are planning for those walking trails. And the other thing that you can do is take the train out to Rafiki's Planet Watch, which is a whole area of Animal Kingdom that I feel like not a lot of people 
take the venture out there. Um, but there is that is where the animation experience drawing class is at Animal Kingdom. If that's something that if you've got kiddos that are interested in that and that's something they want to do, you can head out there to do that. It is at set um, showtime, so definitely check your app to make sure you give yourself enough time to travel there because you do have to take the train to get there. Um, and they also have the petting zoo out there with the goats and I don't know what other animals. I know there are goats out there. Uh, yeah, there's a couple animals that you can pet. I can't remember what I'm saying. <laughs> as the goats are the main feature. Yeah. So, like, yes. Um, so and I'll keep also that in mind as well. Advocate. Jackie won't advocate for this, but the bird show is really good at Animal Kingdom. I, I didn't even put. I did not intentionally leave that <laughs> off of this list. Um, I got. It, I well, live entertainment was the next thing I was going to talk about, so we can we can put it under there. I will say, yeah, the bird show is phenomenal, especially if you if you like wildlife. And they they have the birds are trained to do certain things. There's other animals too, but the birds will fly right over your head. It's actually quite a lovely show, um, and they have all kinds of exotic birds that I had never even seen before until I saw that. And they also have the one. That, that's the one that's over kind of near like Yak and Yeti in Asia. Um, there's a theater there for that. And then there's the one that is the where it's at the Tree of Life and all the birds kind of like fly over your head there. And that's a really short one that doesn't take very long. Um, yes. I think the, doing. the show show is Feathered Friends in Flight, I believe. Yeah. And then Winged Encounter is the one at the Tree of Life, I believe. Yeah. I think so. I know those are the two names and hopefully I didn't sw swap them, but <laughs> for those of you who don't know, our good friend Jackie is bird phobic, so she doesn't lean towards the bird thing. No. So I, I'll tell you about the bird things while Jackie cringes. And I will also <laughs> say that if you are a friend who is also bird phobic like I am, that there are aviaries and I also don't like bats just because they freak me out similar reasons. There's also <laughs> bat enclosures on some of the walking trails. So just you know, I, I just avert and, and, and walk around as, the, as best I can. <laughs> um, but there is also a ton of other live entertainment that is just all across the parks that is super, super fun. They have the drummers in Africa. They have a live band over kind of near the entrance-ish area as you go towards like Dino Land in Asia. So there's there's tons of live entertainment that you can just kind of happen upon, which is super yeah. fun. And I would suggest stopping for even if it's just a couple minutes to just experience it because they are some really, really talented performers that they've got in Animal Kingdom when it comes to those types of things. Um, and you can find Kevin, Kate's friend Kevin, walking around with her uh, handlers as well if you are someone who wants to look for her. And there is also <laughs> the character Divine, which is a beautiful ivy-clad uh, woman on stilts that hides throughout Animal Kingdom that you have to find her. So she's a fun one to try to hunt down if you can find her while you're there. Well, Elliot didn't know that she existed, and I forgot to tell him about her. And so I was walking by, and I saw her, and I kind of didn't say anything, and I kept walking. And he's like, there's a woman in the bushes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, that's just a 
invite. I'm like, I'm like, it's no big deal. And he's like, no, that's so cool. And he was like obsessed. And I was like, oh, guess if you have never seen it before, it is really neat. Yeah. So. I have seen photos and I've never seen her in person before. So oh, yeah, one of these, one of these days I'm going to spend because I've been to Animal Kingdom so many times and I have experienced it all. One of these mornings, I'm just going to spend my whole morning. I'll ride the safari and then go find Divine and just wait until I find her and then move, move on with my day. <laughs> she was like in the when we went she was in the area where you're walking in like in that jungly area before you mm -hmm. get to the tree of life she oh was she there. was that far out she was like, i usually in the entrance. see her yeah. further down in the park a little bit so yeah so keep keep your eye out in the entrance and exit area because she go. might be there so yeah. yes um, so and honestly that's pretty much your list in animal kingdom before we move on to the without Genie Plus, which shouldn't take very long, um, but I have a couple of questions that I wrote down from people. Mm -hmm. Someone asked where you do see Kevin. Kevin, sorry, jump scared Jackie. <laughs> um, so Kevin is out and about quite often, actually, at Animal Kingdom. Um, the places I've seen him the most, I've seen him walking over that bridge to like Asia. I've seen him like a couple mm -hmm. times there. And then also, kind of where they do the the drumming across from flame tree barbecue that's another place mm -hmm. i've seen him hang out a lot i don't think you have any other places he does them. come out to like the front plaza right in front of the tree of life too but i think yeah. like he i think that's like his normal route is he'll walk from she sorry kevin is a girl she will walk <laughs> she will walk from like this the shops area i think there must be access there for her um and then walk kind of yeah back towards asia and back and forth and that kind of general route is where i usually have come across her and then walked the other way yeah yeah it's, she's just <laughs> real tall she's real she's tall. very large and yes. be really uh cautious with your small children too that you don't get like usually the handlers will help with that but like don't mm -hmm. send your kids into like rush kevin because kevin her the, her eyes are really high up <laughs> it's harder to and see she the has littles. a very round body <laughs> and it can be very difficult to, to make that little and yeah. they we don't want anybody to get stepped on or hurt by accident so just yes. be real careful you know standing apart and waving to kevin is a good option for your kiddos and she so. will come and interact with you if you yes. acknowledge her she will come and interact with you my i will say my favorite is when i have seen kevin over by the live music over towards that area you were talking about and she will like boogie <laughs> to the music and That's i'm like so okay I like that. <laughs> I will approve of that from a distance. She's just a bird and too tall. Like, I'm not scared of her as a bird. Like, that doesn't bother me. She's not, you know what I mean? Like, she's, because the thing that I don't like about birds is when birds can fly over top of my head. That's what really, truly gets me, which is why those bird shows at Animal Kingdom are like a massive no-go for me. Hi, Kevin. <laughs> For those of you listening to this podcast, Kate is making Kevin peek at me from her, her side of the camera. And you should really go to our YouTube to see what she's currently doing. <laughs> but yes, she's just very tall and I don't like it. So, you know, it's fine. Oh, gosh. Um, if we wrap up this, uh, the Animal yes. Kingdom without okay. Genie Plus strategy. So let's talk about without Genie Plus. It's going to sound 
very similar to what we just talked about. Um, arrive at least 30 minutes before park open for rope drop. So the way that they do rope drop and early entry at Animal Kingdom is they will let you tap in. And then typically when you walk in, if you go to the left, that is your early entry where they will scan your magic band, your pass, your phone, whatever you're using for your entry and let you go on. They will then queue up everyone that doesn't have early entry to the right. Because when you enter, you have to go around the like planter and the little there's an animal enclosure of some sort there that I can't remember what's there right now, but they'll have you go out and around to then meet again in the middle as you approach where like the tree of life is and everything. So I think they it was birds, Jackie. <laughs> probably. That's probably why I don't <laughs> know what's in there <laughs> because it's probably birds. <laughs> oh goodness. So that is the way that will work. Um, before entering the park at 7 a.m., I do still highly suggest booking that individual lightning lane for flight of passage, especially if you're not using Genie Plus, that will just help reduce your wait times that you will possibly have throughout the day. If you're not worried about it and you're like, nah, I got time to wait an hour or so for flight of passage, then maybe you don't need to buy it. Just depends on your day, who you're traveling with, who's riding what, all of those good things. Yeah, I, I, I don't often buy Genie Plus for uh, DAC. So I tend to do um, Flight of Passage in Pandora as the last thing of the day. So uh, right before park close, so that way those individual lighting lanes can't pour in in front of you and it makes it go really fast. Well, mm -hmm. faster than it would earlier in the day. <laughs> Yes. Um, so again, buying the individual lightning lane is most likely the only way to experience this attraction without waiting well over an hour. You may get lucky at park close if the crowds are light, like Kate was just saying. Yeah. So my suggestion would be to ride in this order. Again, this is not including flight of passage in this because you're going to have to just plan separately for what you're doing for that attraction. Um, but I would go to Navi River. Now, this would be more early entry. I would hit Navi River first because then once the safari opens, you'll be in good a good place to get on the safari right when it opens. So Navi River, hit that first in your first half hour. And the nice thing is you don't have to rush between those two. You can enjoy your time in Navi River. You can walk through Pandora. I like to take the back walkway from Pandora to Africa. So if you're not familiar with it, um, it is the walkway that it, it doesn't go back towards the center of the park, towards the tree of life. You pass kind of Satuli Canteen and kind of wind around a little bit and it takes you by the river where the flotillas, which are the character little floats come out and it'll walk you right by the theater for Festival of the Lion King. Yeah, the back walkway is a really lovely walk mm -hmm. and it's very scenic and you really get a, a very good view of what uh, Harambe, which uh, means we all pull together. If you didn't know, that's what the uh, the word in Swahili means. So a uh, really lovely view of Harambe as you walk in there and uh, their design of all of those very boxy buildings as they wanted it to be kind of the anti-nature, so to speak. And I like, there's, there's one area right by there that if you stand, you can stand in the shade. There's like a I don't know what it is that goes above you now that I think about it, but there's like a bridge that you go underneath when you walk through that area. And if you time it right, which I just found out the other day that the times for the flotillas are on the My Disney Experience app, which I didn't know they were on there until literally what? last week. I didn't I was, know that either. No. <laughs> That's funny. I was literally doing research for these episodes of Mom Street. And I was looking at, because I was like, oh, I want to make sure that I include all of the like entertainment options and Animal Kingdom because there's so many great ones. And I pulled up the list of characters 
and right at the top is the flotilla times and i was like i was thought it was all random <laughs> yes you me just too. see whatever it you is see. not random it is not <laughs> random friends the up one is on there the dino bash one is on there the pocahontas what? one is on there i was like i'm sorry <laughs> i've been planning disney trips and doing itineraries in genie plus for how long and i didn't know this i wow. felt really silly and i was like whoa yeah so um i did a TikTok on it that will i will be posting to my my, my feed soon but yeah the flotilla times are on there now i haven't done enough research to look at like how the times correspond with where they are at certain points because like yeah. they come out by by festival of the lion king and then go you know down the river into the big like pond lake area um i don't know what you want to call it <laughs> where they used to do kite tails and the, all of the that. rivers of light defunct uh, yeah. theater yes yes <laughs> like that area um but yes i know anna they're on there i'm i was shocked when i saw that those wait times were on there so anyway there is a lovely spot right there that you can stand in the shade and get a really close view of the flotillas if you time it right so i like to try to like kind of linger in that area if i there's like i know and they come fairly close in succession to each other so if you stand there for less than 10 minutes you're gonna get to see like all four yeah come by you which is really fun but i love that path it's just such a lovely walking path to take from and you don't have to go back into the busy crowds that are near the center of the park <laughs> yeah yeah it's smart um so then Navi River and then to the Safari and then Kali River Rapids and Expedition Everest. So basically you're just working your way clockwise around the park. Yeah. Um, and then again, Expedition Everest does have that a single rider line. It is a very good single rider line. So if your party doesn't mind splitting up or if you only have one person that wants to ride it, that single rider line is really good. It is not open the entire length of the um, operating hours. So it may not be open until like 10 ish, depending. Yeah. Um, so keep that in mind if that's something that you're wanting to do. Um, so then after Everest, Dinosaur, and then hitting walking trails, shows, Rafiki, Planet Watch, those types of things, depending. And you can sprinkle those throughout. Um, I've done it before where I did Navi and Navi River and the Safari. And then before I went over towards Asia, I went back and did Festival of the Lion King and yeah. then went yeah. over. So you can kind of time it depending on how that worked out. Um, when I went, it was in May and I did that and it was perfect because when I went I got in line a little bit earlier than I normally would for Festival of the Lion King just because I didn't want to have to backtrack and come back to it and I wanted to do the first showtime. I had a front row seat and I was like in That's heaven fun. because I <laughs> love that show so much <laughs> and I was just like this is really great. <laughs> it's amazing. You know, I yeah. I love that show because it was uh, I saw those floats when in Disneyland when I was 11 because mm -hmm. they were originally from the Lion King parade that was in Disneyland and then they repurposed mm -hmm. them because they were trying to save money because they went way over budget with Animal Kingdom. So that's where the Lion King show came from was essentially a stopgap because they didn't build Beastly Kingdom. So luckily it was a wonderful show and it stuck say, around. It and worked out very well. It's it worked all, out it's, very well. Yes, yeah, the longest running stage show in uh, in the Disney parks. So it's a uh, it's a really yeah. That's cool. yeah. yeah. So it's 
it's just a really great show. And I just have such fond memories of like going with my husband and then like taking my oldest on his first trip. He's always been Lion King obsessed since as, since as long as we can remember. And he still loves the Lion King to this day. Um, and so taking him there is really, really special. And now he's decided he's big into gymnastics and he's decided that one of the many things he rotates through between what he wants to be when he grows up is a tumble monkey in the Lion King show <laughs> at Animal Kingdom, which like it. more power to you, kid. Let's do it. We'll fig <laughs> we'll get so you great. down there. We'll figure it out. I'll, I'll find some connections somehow. Um, so it's just a really fun show. And I it just, is. I cry every time I go and watch it because I, I just do. love it so much. It's really good. I agree. <laughs> yes. And then also as well as hitting the Finding Nemo show, which is also a very emotional show, but also I haven't seen that one yet in person. Kate. I know. I know. I'm gonna put it on my like November <gasps> list. I'm gonna go I'm gonna make maybe I'll make uh I was gonna say Kevin. I was gonna say make Kirkland go with me. <laughs> Oh yeah, Kirk, Kirk and I have <laughs> chatted a lot about the fact that we, as parents, like we sob in that show every time. It's so good. I've seen it's it all live, so but I'm good. like, I know that it's always different in person. So yeah, I was like, I need to it's go so see good. It. And I also have just like connections to that show because when I used to teach music, one of my uh, grade levels was just very, very naturally talented musicians. And we did an abridged version of that musical as like their final spring performance. So like, it's very near and dear to my heart. And I just love that show. And the music is just amazing. Like, yeah, absolutely amazing. Yeah. It's so, so good. Sorry. Love fest about the, the shows. That Hannah <laughs> um, so yeah, that is basically your rundown again, fitting things in as it makes sense. And just like I said, go left, left is right, start left and work your way around. Um, and you should be in pretty good shape to be able to do those things. The only thing that may trip you up is if it's a really, really hot day, Cali River can get long. So you may yeah. just have to make a decision about that one if you're a water ride person. And then that Expedition Everest line can get long, but single rider is really the way to go. Um, so again, if you don't mind splitting up, that would be my suggestion for that. Um, same yeah. options as we talked about earlier for lunch and dinner and food options as well. Um, just a really nice leisurely park to enjoy. Um, I just, I, there's just something so different about Animal Kingdom. It makes it so special. I feel like. I know. I love getting um, like a coffee or tea or something from a Nandapur tea company. And then there's some little spots that are kind of tucked by the water that are there that you can sit in that are just gorgeously mm -hmm. themed. And yeah. I love their giant donuts that they have that are super fluffy. Like that's like a, that's a snack for us as we get coffee or tea and then we get yeah. a big donut and we sit down and enjoy it by the water. Like mm -hmm. such, such a lovely, beautiful park, such yes. well themed and very different than the rest of the Disney parks because it has, it's all about uh succumbing to nature so everything in the park is succumbing to nature so whereas in magic kingdom you would never see something that's being destroyed right or that looks like it's falling apart well you could depending on the theme but like the in general you're not is everything supposed to look pristine right, right. it's like the opposite in animal kingdom everything looks like it's old and falling apart and and uh and nature is is winning the day so it's very interesting park for that reason very different yeah. vibe but beautiful gorgeous park absolutely absolutely yeah. so with that that is all six <sighs> u.s parks 
in a three-part series. If you missed any of the lovely information that we presented on any of these parks over the last three episodes, the previous two are already available on our YouTube and our podcast. This one will be available in the next week or so, hopefully, depending. Kate and I have been playing catch-up a little since she was traveling and lives were busy with... (laughs) Back to All sorts time. of things <laughs> happening. Yes. So um, we will make sure that that information gets up. We have started working also on some graphics for you guys to organize the information as well that we will hopefully be finishing up um, here in the next couple weeks. And we will post those on our most likely on our Instagram, but then also in our discord. Um, so if you are not a part of the Walrus Carp Pocket Fam discord, you can find that link in both of our bios. We do have a mom street channel there that you can chat with us and um, We'd love to hear from you. I did make a post there earlier this week that um, those of you who were here last week and are on our Discord have heard that we are going to be very, very soon joining the Chip & Co. radio network um, and syndicating our podcast with them, which we are super, super excited about. Um, But that even more so means that we want to be sure to hear from you and cater the show to what your needs are as our Mom Street community. Um, Nothing changes on your end, but we just want to make sure that we are continuing to include you in our planning process. We have a short list of uh, topics that we want to hit in the coming weeks, Um, and then Kate's going to be traveling, so I'm going to be doing some different episodes kind of while she's traveling, which I'm still working out the kinks for (laughs) kind of what I want to do. I've got some ideas, but we'll see kind of what happens with it. Um, But we definitely want to hear from you. So if you've got other things that you're planning a trip coming up or, you know, things that we haven't talked about that you need help on. Send us a message on Discord, post on our channel, send us an email, momstreetusa at gmail.com, any of those good things to, to get a hold of us because we definitely want to continue our wonderful community partnership with uh, and expanding that into Chip & Co and kind of bringing it all together. Yeah, we're really excited about that partnership. I think it's going to be really fun. And the best part is that nothing changes from what we get to do, really. And we just get to do it with more people. And that's Yay. really exciting. So <laughs> uh, we get to help help more people have some magical vacations. And that's really what we're all about here at Mom Street is helping you really enjoy your time with your family in the parks. I think mm-hmm. Jackie probably agree, um, making it yeah. more easier for you guys, more magical and uh, also here to just be helpful as you guys need it. So yes, absolutely. Yeah. Um, And so looking ahead um, next week is our last episode before Kate is off on her adventures in Europe. (laughs) Um, So next week's episode is going to be a little bit different. We're going to do kind of a one year anniversary special, so to speak. So uh, come and join us next week for that and see what, uh, fun stuff we're going to share and reflect and reminisce on when it comes to the last year of Mom Street, which is just absolutely insane to me that we are just weeks away from our one year anniversary. Um, So, and we'll have more information for you next week on what is to come the following weeks while Kate is uh, adventuring around Europe and Disneyland Paris and Disney Cruise and all of the fun things that she gets to do that we can't wait to hear all about whenever she gets back. <laughs> I know. I'm like, I'm feeling, I'm in that pre-packing stage where I'm starting yeah. to like panic about it. So oh, it's fine. No panic. We'll be fine. It'll be great. No panic. <laughs> it's going to be great. You're going to have a wonderful time. Um, so yeah. So as always, feel free to reach out to us if you have questions or need help or just want to say hi. We'd love to hear from you. Yeah. Thank you guys. You guys are really are, uh, we wouldn't be here without you. And we really appreciate getting to help you 
uh, walk you through how to plan a Disney trip better and also just general Disney chatting with you guys is just so much fun, to be honest. Yes. So <laughs> absolutely. Well, absolutely. Shall, we, shall we wrap this up, Jackie? Let's yes. Say good night. All right. Thank you, everybody, for joining us for this episode of Mom Street USA. We appreciate you all being with us on this uh, one day park strategy series where we hope that you have learned uh, some ways to help your family have an easier, more magical vacation together. Uh, we'll see you next week as we celebrate our one year anniversary as Mom Street USA and our new wonderful partnership with the Chip and Co Podcast Network. Till then, we will see you guys and have a wonderful rest of your week. Bye, everyone. Bye, everybody. Bye.